Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet, who is joining us today on our Monday show, which we stream every Monday one at 1230 to 1 uh, Pacific Standard Time. So don't miss it on YouTube and on Facebook. Today, we are going to talk about osteoporosis and how it affects everyone if you're not proactive about it. Yes, that includes women and men, of course. So osteoporosis is a disease of the bones where the bones get weak and brittle and you get easy fracture, much easier fractures. So we're gonna, we're gonna dive into that topic today because there's a lot of drug therapy to treat osteoporosis, including hormones, um, and there's many other modalities also that are important. So um, with that, I am going to uh, let Janet take, a, take over a little bit and just start off on the topic of osteoporosis. Yeah, so um, over the weekend, I spent some time um, at a medical conference, and we had part of the day we discussed osteoporosis, and one of the um, caveats I took away from this weekend is that approximately, and, and, and of course, it's always an estimate, but 25 million Americans are dealing with osteoporosis and bone loss at this point. And I'm going to just put myself out there and say, I, I think it's larger than that. I think a lot of people don't get um, diagnosed um, until they actually have a problem such as a fracture. And like Sean said, um, this is a preventable um a preventable thing because we can do things to prevent in wellness as well as uh, therapy to help people um, keep their bone health. And just to give a little background, um, usually we talk about women, but um, men age two and they are just as much at risk as women. Um, and so it's extremely important to their livelihood too. And usually we see on average a million fractures per year, which is a lot. Um, and our 10% of those fractures are in our hip. And if we have a hip fracture, it's uh, life-changing. Um, majority of those people will never regain a normal life, maybe half will. Um, a third of the people that have a hip fracture will end up in a nursing home. Um, and so the way you knew life prior to that is altered, it's changed. So I feel like uh, this is a topic that gets overlooked a lot. We always talk about the little old lady and, and she's like my mom, she is extremely important to me and dear, but there's things that we can do as we age, even in our teen years, as well as our middle age years to prevent things to happen to us further down the line. And it isn't just, um, I mean, the amount of money that we spend on a yearly basis, they estimated about $14 billion. And I'm sure again, that um, that number is an estimate. So what that really means could be totally off the mark. Um, so right now, um, there are a couple ways that we can diagnose whether you have uh, good bone health or not. And um, maybe we should talk about um, our bones uh, first, Sean, um, as far as um, how we age and how it's developed and, and just some specifics on that. Well, yeah, I, I think 
you know, you kind of, I'm just going to piggyback on what you said. I mean, I, I think, unfortunately, like a lot of diseases in this country, you know, we start treating osteoporosis when they've been diagnosed in their 60s or 70s with weak right. bones. Well, let's face it, um, you start building bone when you're a teenager. Right. And, um, you know, we have some things called osteoblasts, which build new bone, and osteoclasts, which um, break bone down because our bones that are built from, you know, there's a lot of calcium there, there's magnesium in there. So those are two minerals that our bones have a lot of those minerals in there. And that's why calcium, magnesium um, supplementation is, is important. But if we don't have enough of those minerals, we won't have strong bones. And we need um, osteoclast and osteoblast because osteoclast break down bone. You might think that's bad, but we don't we want our bone to turn over. We want our bones to de be dynamic. So we build new bone and then osteoclasts um, um, help uh, get rid of some of that old bone because the bad bone, we want new bone to be built. Um, and that's why it's so important to start early. Um, here's some things that we can do um, being early with bones. Exercise. Weight-bearing exercise is very, very important for bone health. And off the top of my head, and please, we are taking callers today, so if anybody can help me out, I'd love it, 509-537-0411. But as of the top of my head, and I can help Janet, maybe Janet can help me with this, is um, our bone, uh, there are two different, there's only two exercises I know of that really don't help build bone because they have to be weight-bearing exercise. So the only ones I can think of that aren't are swimming, for obvious reasons, you're floating. It's not going to make your bones stronger. And the second one is, unfortunately, which I have a huge passion for, is biking. Biking is not weight-bearing exercise. Nope, it's not. Here's a sad reality, too. There are many cyclists, men even. In fact, I know one man that might be going to the Olympics this year, and he has been fighting osteoporosis. He's 20-some years old and fighting osteoporosis because he cycles all the time. That's not good at all. So it just, it shows you that, you know, obviously he has a good diet because he's a competitive athlete and obviously he exercises, um, but he's not doing the appropriate exercise. Now, that's why for anybody, I believe that strength exercising is so important. Resistance training, progressive resistance training is so important. And especially for cyclists or for swimmers that aren't getting those um, weight bearing uh, exercise. So that's the most important thing when you're young is exercise. Um, Janet, do you want to talk a little bit uh, about that? Is there some exercises you can think of that I'm missing that no. besides swimming and, and, and cycling that aren't weight bearing? No, I, I agree with that point. Um, I do want to point out to you though, it does not have to be that you're in a gym um, bulking and, and things no. like that. It can be just resistance training and that could be in your own home, and we're looking at core exercises. You can use your own weight. And um, in, and that is extremely important. And I'm going to even say that's important for all ages. Um, and then I'm going to piggyback into another subject that we talk about um, on the show quite a bit. Um, diet is extremely important in my mind because if we aren't building good um, diet habits, um, there are certain things that can actually work against us. And women are probably, and teenagers are probably just as guilty as I am. One of the things that we really should, um, and I'm not saying you should get rid of it 100%, but um, 
sodas are so high in phosphates that they actually are harmful to our bones. So if you're somebody who drinks a lot of soda, you should start cutting that down and, um, you know, replacing that with something that's healthier for your bones. And I know that we um, talk a lot about food and diet and exercise, but they play a huge role. Um, most of our bones are really um, laid down and are built up in our middle age. By the time we get to 30, then we start seeing significant changes if we are healthy. So those first years of of uh, growing and being a teenager and then going into middle um, age, you know, what we put into our body really makes a difference um, as to how well those bones are, are developed and made. Yeah, for sure. That's why it's so important to start early. Now, Janet did talk about most of our bones have been built up in our mid-40s. Now, why is that? We're going to get more into the detail of that when we um, talk about hormone hormones, but that's not to say that you can't build bones after you're 40 years old. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And I just want to thank our producer, Lindsay, today. she We could not do this show without her, and she's streaming some cool stuff today with pictures and stuff to make it more interactive. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Lindsay. And so let's talk about drug treatment. You ready to talk about drug treatment? Well, let's or, let's talk about diagnosis first before yes, we please. jump into that. So um, prior to, um, well, I, I don't know how long this technology has been available, but prior to um, learning about some of the new technology, we did DEX scans and basically they're x-rays of our bones and Medicare right now only pays for it every two years. And one of the reasons they are paying for it every two years is because a DEX scan, which is what we mostly see done in uh, screening, is really a picture of what's happened in the past two years. So that being said, the damage or the loss of bone is a reflection in that picture of what has been going on over the past. Um, and so that to me is almost behind the eight ball. I feel like that's, that's almost reactive and not proactive. So um, there is new technology that's available and I'm really excited about it because it's as easy as a urine test. They call it an NTX test. And basically what that is measuring is the amount of bone that is not being reabsorbed back into the body. Because remember, our bones are not like rocks. Our bones are dynamic. Our body's always uh, shifting and changing. And so what we're really looking at in this test is how much is going to be brought back into your body and what's excreted. So if we start seeing that you have a high volume of your bone being excreted in your urine, we have problems. And to me, that's so much easier and quicker and it's uh, inexpensive. Um, I saw some quotes just online prior to doing the podcast that, you know, low uh, hundreds, maybe 129 through LabCorp. And I'm sure those numbers can vary, but the convenience of doing a urine test versus making and scheduling a DEX scan and the fact that you are going to see results immediately and it's telling you right now it's a picture of today and time not past so you can jump ahead and start actually doing something about it yeah like janet said you can be more proactive about it so when you make a change today you don't have to wait two years to see what really happened so um i do believe the nix text is or the um ntx text is 
future and now. So um, it just makes a lot more sense. And let's talk about some drug treatments. So, you know, we know that osteoporosis has been a problem for years and we'll get into hormone replacement later because we do know how hormones affect osteoporosis very well. But there were some drugs probably about 20 years ago that first came out. They were called the biphosphonates. And the first one was Fosamax. And um, the other, another one is Actinel. Do you know if there's another one that you know of? Um, I don't know them off the top of my head, but that whole group of drugs has um, been around for a couple decades. And um, so there's some pros and cons to them. And, and I really would like Sean to talk about them because um, where I'm going with this is standard of care may not be quality of care. So there are some pros and cons to taking this group of drugs. And that's what's really important to me. Um, I know they even have an um, IV one that they give once a month. Oh, that's right. But yep. it's a class of drugs. And um, basically, Sean, explain how they work. Well, so, you know, for one thing is the side effects with them orally. We, we knew that right away. The immediate side effect with them orally was... Um, um, esophagitis, which if they got stuck in your throat and you didn't swallow it all the way, that's why you'd, you'd say put take it with a full glass of water. They could eat a hole in your throat. Well, that kind of makes me wonder about taking something like that. But here's the more important thing about how they work. They they do not make new bone. They help decrease bone loss. So they help decrease bone breakdown. Now, remember when we talked about osteoblast and osteoclast? We need new bone to be built and old bone to be taken away. If we don't have that, we might have a more dense bone, but it's not strong. Okay, so here's what would happen on DEXA scans. And, and here, you know, in, in, in medicine, we're really good. In our healthcare system, we're really good about being reactive, like Janet says, not being proactive. So we're not good about fixing a problem. We're good at treating symptoms. So, oh, the symptom is you have osteoporosis based on a DEXA scan. It looks like you have weak bones based on a DEXA scan. Well, the Fosamax and the Actinel, the Bifosinates, will they increase um, the T-score so it looks like your bones are getting more dense? Yes, and they are getting more dense. They're just not getting stronger. Now, I'm a rational guy, and I try to be rational about things because I'm a simple guy. I don't even call it, like call myself a scientist because I need simple explanations. So anybody that's on Fosamax or anybody that's on Actinel, when you go to a dentist, they will have you fill out a they'll have you fill out a questionnaire and they'll ask you if you're on many medications. And that one specifically, they will ask you, are you on any of these bone medications or are you on Fosmax or Actinel or bone reabsorption medications? And the reason they ask that is because they found out a few years after people were on these um, uh, drugs for osteoporosis, they found out that dentists were pulling these people's teeth and they were breaking their jaws. Because it was making their bones might have been more dense, possibly, but they're but they were brittle. So it was making brittle bone. So really, what you need is you need to more mimic how the body, um, you know, takes care of our bones, and it needs to be dynamic. You need to build new bone, get rid of old bone. Build new bone, get rid of old bone. So that is not how those traditional drug therapies work. So I am not a big fan of them at all. So one of the other caveats I took away too is now they're only recommending the use for for no longer than five years because of esophageal cancer. Well, your bones are going to be with you for longer than five years. Five years. So, Where does that number come from? I, I arbitrary. 
Well, so what my feeling is, is that we're, we're band-aiding this scenario. And I know this is a, a therapy that's standard right now, and, and many people are given this option. But um, I personally feel that I would rather have a, a break than I would have a shatter. Because a shatter is like, you know, glass shattering. That is life-changing. You can repair a break but a shatter and um, like Sean was talking about in, in the jaw, that to me can be very um, debilitating <laughs> right to your life. Um, certainly. So, okay, let's move on to other. Well, we okay. talked a little bit about calcium, vitamin D. Yep. You know, those are two minerals. Very important to have those minerals. Um, and supplementation is important. That's a topic for a whole other show we could talk about because it is important the kind of calcium that you take and the kind of magnesium that you take because there are absorption differences. So it is very important and cheaper is usually not better. I'll just go with that. Yep. Now let's talk about vitamin D, specifically vitamin D3. We have talked about vitamin D3 over and over again on this show. If there is one supplement you can take, I believe it's vitamin D3, cholecalciferol, vitamin D3. So we do learn about it in pharmacy school um, and mostly what we learn about it in pharmacy school or in med school. And I think the, the teaching's coming a little bit forward now. We taught in pharmacy school that it was only good for bones. And of course it is, that's what we're talking about, but it's good for a lot of other things also. But in pharmacy school, we are also taught about dosing that you only need about 400 units a day of um, vitamin D and it's a fat soluble vitamin. So you really need to worry about overdosing. Well, that's largely been debunked. And we really realize that most patients benefit the most from between five and 10,000 units a day of vitamin D3, cholecalciferol. Vitamin D3 is the active form of vi vitamin D in our bodies. It's important that you take that vitamin, that, that form. It's very inexpensive. Most people are low on it. Um, but what it does is it helps to bring calcium into the bone to be absorbed into the bone. That's what vitamin D does when it comes to bone health. And especially in northern latitudes up here in the north, um, especially in the summer or in the in the winter when we're not getting sunlight, we don't have enough vitamin D because vitamin D is stimulated in our skin in response to sunlight. And what do we do even in the summer when we go outside? We use sunscreen or we use long sleeves and that stops the stops the production of vitamin D or, or definitely slows it. So vitamin D is very, very important when it comes to bone health. Janet? Absolutely. So the caveat um, that I took away for alternative therapy, which it makes 100% uh, sense to me, is that we always overlook the need for replacement of hormones. And um, there's many scientific journals out there that support um, studies that have shown that even hormone replacement with um, uh, commercial products, especially if we're looking at menopausal women in the first 10 years of, of menopause, that that has been very helpful for them. Um, but the other thought that I have that we discussed over the weekend was that one of the reasons that people fall is because as we age, our cognition or our um, um, our brain isn't as healthy as it should be either. So whether we've um, ended up with dementia, whether we've ended up with gait issues, um, whether we've ended up with Alzheimer's, those things play into it. And unfortunately, a lot of those issues were preventable as well. 
So this is where I want to jump into um, replacement therapy of hormones. Um, because the myth is, is that we can never get your bones healthy again or young again or, or in a good position. And um, that's not true. Um, if we balance our hormones for men and women, um, we can actually get new bones to grow and healthier bones to stay. So, um, Sean, I'm going to throw you under the spot and have you start talking about, um, testosterone for men. I will. I was just going to, I was just thinking about that. So here's what's important. So you know, we always talk about osteoporosis and we think it's, it's largely disease of females. Well, guess what? Males get, to, males get osteoporosis also. Is it from lack of estrogen or lack of progesterone? Not necessarily, right? Um, it's from lack of testosterone. And you can see it. This is why it's so important to do resistance training and build lean muscle while you can, okay? Because as we're 50, guys, after we're 50 years old, it is more difficult to build lean muscle. Well, let me tell you, if you build your frame up and you do resistance training, you, you are building your bones also, and that also means that you have less risks of osteoporosis and many other diseases because there are so many diseases that are related to sarcopenia, which is, you know, atrophy in men. Um, and we don't want to, besides, we don't want to look like that, right? So it's important to build this stuff before we're 50 um, because when we're 50, it gets more difficult. So men get osteoporosis also, all right? And it's usually from lack of testosterone. So our testosterone levels go down, you know, honestly, probably after our 20s. But we really don't really start seeing the effects of it until mid-30s. And usually, we don't really start seeing a lot of effects until our late 40s, early 50s. And a lot of times, unfortunately, like we do in our traditional medical system, unfortunately, we don't screen people early enough. So... By the time they're 65 years old and they have osteoporosis and they have um, erectile dysfunction and they have decreased libido and they have weight gain in the middle and they have high cholesterol and they have depression, we put them on five different drugs to treat those things when in reality, if we would have been tracking their testosterone since they're in their mid-30s, we could have been looking at optimizing their testosterone to prevent all those problems and you know, not only that, but actually feel a lot better. So testosterone is very important when it comes to bone health and many other things. Here's the thing. Testosterone is an anabolic hormone. What does that mean? Not catabolic, where it breaks things down. Anabolic, where it builds things up. Testosterone is an anabolic hormone. That's why athletes have abused it to build muscle mass. But it also builds bone density. Very, very important. And not just in men. Also in females, females have testosterone also, just less than men do. Janet, you want to talk about females and testosterone? I do. And yes, it's extremely important that we maintain our, our muscle mass. And it also, um, it does some conversion into some estrogen, which isn't a bad thing for both men and women um, because it helps with our overall cognition as well as our brain health. And um, for women to maintain good bones, um, there's really about four hormones that we have to look at, but don't overlook testosterone, I guess is our point. Because like Sean said, it's rebuilding, it keeps your muscle. Um, if we have strong muscle, then our bones are going to be stronger. That's why moving is important as, as well as to keep those muscles strong, as well as putting weight on our bones. And women, a lot of times we, we, we don't think that that's important, but it is. Um, so the next hormone I want to jump on is estrogen. And we already spoke about how men need testosterone. Well, they need estrogen as well. 
we just kind of overlook this, but usually they do have some conversion with testosterone into estrogen. But the reason that's important is because estrogen helps maintain our good bones. So we want to do that. And we also want to maintain our uh, brain power as we age and not have falls because we're confused or we're foggy in our thinking or feeling. Um, and that can be at younger ages too. I mean, we don't need to just put everybody into the category of elderly because women in their uh, menopausal or premenopausal or even younger can have osteoporosis. And sometimes that's because of hysterectomies and, and not replacing hormones as we age. You want to add anything to that? No, just on estrogen. I mean, estrogen, you know, I talked about osteoclast function and uh, osteoclast is the one that breaks down bone. Estrogen decreases osteoclast function. Well, originally it, when Premarin came out in 1947, you know, we, we knew about the bone, about the bone effects of Premarin, the positive bone effects, but it's only part of the picture. It really just decreases bone loss. It will not build new bone. Testosterone will, and so will progesterone. Right. Progesterone increases osteoblast function, which builds new bone. You want to talk about progesterone? I do. It's one of the overlooked hormones out there. It does balance your other hormones, especially estrogen. But if we want to put something back into our bones and not keep it old and and shattered and you know uh, fragile, we want to keep rebuilding as we age. And that's possible if we are replacing it. And it's very important to understand that progesterone is totally different than progestin. So if your doctor tells you I'm giving you progesterone and it's not progesterone, and if it's progesterone, or if it's a birth control pill, it's not progesterone. Mm -hmm. And that's a big difference because they will not stimulate your bones to make new bone cells or, or to create new bone cells, your body to. Um, lastly, I want to talk slightly about our thyroid gland. And a lot of misnomers out there is that, you know, if we over give you thyroid, you're going to go into osteoporosis. But actually, a lot of times it's because we haven't optimized our thyroid. And a lot of things go along with this. It's not just one, one thing. It's the overall picture. So if you do not have good thyroid, you don't have good metabolism, you don't sleep well, you don't feel well. And so to me, it makes a lot of sense that if you have optimal thyroid levels, first of all, you're going to feel better. You're going to be more active. You're going to feel like you can do more. You're not going to hold on to visceral fat. You're going to be burning. And so that plays into the exercise. Um, that plays into keeping our weight healthy. Um, whole lot of things as your immune system. Anything else you want to add to that? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're talking about bones. I mean, it's going to increase your bone density by increasing exercise and making you feel better for sure. And I think what's important about thyroid is when you look at the studies, and I learned it in pharmacy school, that you got to really be careful with thyroid and osteoporosis. And here's one of the things that we, you need to think about. So we already talked about testosterone, progesterone, and estrogen and how important they are for um, your bones. Well, in a lot of those studies that they showed early on where testosterone caused osteoporosis, they were in postmenopausal women that had no testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone. So was it the thyroid that caused the, 
the um, osteoporosis or was it lack of other hormones? And that's why hormone balancing in general is very important because it's not just about one or the other. It's it, you, you have to know, you have to go to somebody that is an expert in this, that knows about all the hormones and how they work together because many of them, um, the symptoms mimic each other. So it's important, like for thyroid and testosterone, their um, deficiency symptoms mimic each other. So it's important to check both of those and optimize them to feel optimal. So um, one little factoid that I learned over the weekend was sometimes dentists are having trouble with clients not taking um, implants for uh, replacing teeth. And the reason is, is because their hormones aren't optimal. You mean, so the implants are falling out because they're not taking. Oh, I see. So they're not, I see. Oh, right. wow. So if you, you know, and our teeth, our health of our mouth and our teeth as we age, I mean, that in itself too says a lot to me. It speaks loudly that if you are balancing things that need to be balanced that are naturally in our body, then your overall health will be better. And and a dentist can be one of the first people on the line that can indicate whether there's something happening that's being overlooked. Time and time again, a dentist will catch something because they are seeing something in somebody's mouth that indicates there's other underlying processes of disease happening. So your mouth, the health of our teeth um, is extremely important. So if you had implants and they're not taking, it could be your hormones are not balanced. Yeah, and if you want to get more into that episode, we had a dentist on our episode and just talked about how dentists can uh, predict a lot of diseases or diagnose a lot of diseases before it happens. Because, you know, if we don't have a healthy mouth, we're not going to have healthy anything. That's where we that's where we get our nutrients. So you can check back into that episode. It was last fall, and we'll put a link in the show notes afterwards. Um, and we've talked about a lot of things today that were probably that we've talked about before. Also, you want to get more into progesterone? Look at our YouTube site. Subscribe to our YouTube site. And, you know, there's a great search search function when you go into the, a YouTube site. So if you go into that individual channel, you can search that individual channel for progesterone, for thyroid. We have talked more in depth about all of this stuff before. So you don't want to miss those episodes. We talked about exercise before. We've talked about all of that. So you, know, you don't want to miss that. Subscribe, like, comment. Let us know what else you'd like to hear. Uh, we stream every week. Um, on Mondays, 1230 to 1, and on Thursdays, usually 8 to 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. This Thursday, you don't want to miss it, Kyle Hudson will be on our show. He has a child, a childhood weight loss story where he was morbidly obese as a child and lost weight. It's It might bring tears to your eyes. It almost did mine. So you definitely don't want to miss out on that uh, Thursday. Janet, question for you that I usually have for the viewers and listeners. What is your passion? Well, I love educating clients to make choices that um, benefit them. And we love educating people so they can make an educated choice. So don't take everything that I said as a grain of 100% truth. Research it yourself. Ask questions. Start looking for options for yourselves. And don't, don't live a life of this is what we are stuck with because this is all we know. Um, so I always say to clients, standard of care may not be quality of care. I want to live a life that's full. I want to be a part of my children and husband's lives and my friend's lives and family lives. I don't want to be um, stuck in a scenario where I could have prevented something. And I don't want my clients to either. So, you know, research things, ask questions, 
uh, find options and uh, educate yourself to find what works best for you and your health. That's right. I love it. We are all about at Health Solutions. We are about educating and empowering consumers to take charge of their own health. Uh, I believe in it. And I believe in uh, the education portion and the empowerment portion. It's very important that you are in charge of your own health, not someone else, because you are really the one that controls your health most of the time, not a doctor, not an insurance company. And speaking of that, if uh, you want to know how to empower your health even more, Check out my book on Amazon, paperback or Kindle version, Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. There's a six-step solution in that book and on how to fix healthcare. And you're in the book, you're it. You are empowered. And the first step is being proactive in your health. And this is one of the ways to do that. So now hopefully that, you know, when you when we talk about educating and empowering, we we talk about liberty. We, we, we want to, we want our clients to have the liberty. We want them to have the education, but also the liberty to make choices for themselves. If you check back uh, last week, last Thursday, I did a tick, a quick 10 minute update on, um, on masks and vaccines and, um, YouTube actually censored my video. They actually took the video down because it was inappropriate content. They didn't like my opinions, I guess, even though I made it clear that people are at a liberty to, they should be at a liberty to decide for themselves if they want a vaccine or if they want a mask. YouTube took that video down. Go into my personal Facebook today. It was last Thursday that it was on and I pinned it to the top of my Facebook. Watch that video. Share that video so we can educate other people about this before we are completely censored because we don't want that at all. We want you, the viewers, to make decisions for yourselves. So please go back and, and uh, share that video. And that concludes our episode today. If you uh, liked our episode, please comment. And you've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you for listening.